Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Friends and Heirs podcast. This is Nick and Bobby coming at you. Um, we're talking about some John Paul II today, which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for listening to the last episode, if you're able to listen to that. And, yeah, Friends and Heirs. We're talking about God and the ways he loved us. I think that's it exploring that anything else bobby no that sounds that sounds sounds like what we're talking about yeah um yeah um this podcast is um a fruit of your love mission and it's a mission where we spread the message you are love reminding people god loves them and this this podcast we're just diving deeper into what that means and how god loves us ways he loves us ways he's revealed his love through other people um yeah, and today we're going to be talking about a book that Nick and I read the past few weeks. It's about the personalism of St. John Paul II. Yeah, Nick has a very beautiful devotion to his teachings, and I do as well. I'm not probably not quite as um, in-depth as Nick does, <laughs> but um, a lot of St. John Paul II's teachings have really transformed my life. I think I shared that in the last podcast a little bit. Um, So before we dive into that icebreaker question. Yeah, yeah. um, (laughs) Icebreaker's good. What is like a a, simple everyday life type of thing that you really struggle with? Um, I'll I'll go first so you kind of know what I'm talking about a little bit. Yeah. Saran wrap. I really struggle with (laughs) with saran wrap. Just getting it off, getting it, it. It's just, it's like a spider web to me. Yeah, when I, when I try to use saran wrap, I, I had to use some today um, to cover some some paint things so I could reuse them tomorrow. Um, but yeah, saran wraps are real real struggle, it's a real challenge for me. Yeah, just like <laughs> is it like like breaking it off from the box, breaking right? it off and not like folding over as I'm pulling it up and trying to break it off. Yeah, it's like it's like tape, kind of you know when you're trying to get a long piece of tape and it starts folding over and sticking to itself this is the worst it, it, it's like that every time with saran wrap and then i'll just have to like rip it off and throw it away and try again and yeah sometimes it takes me a little while to just do a simple saran wrap job yeah yeah <laughs> like sitting there buying like four boxes for yeah. like <laughs> two rolls of paint <laughs> listen <laughs> it needs to happen what's the so the question is what's an everyday life thing that i struggle with I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is like uh, talking. Sometimes I'll like get stuck between like wanting to use a word, but then I get stuck between two words that I want to use. And then both words like come out, like (laughs) combined together. And then it just doesn't make any sense. Or like, I feel like, um, what's the Looney Tunes? What's the pig from Looney Tunes called? Homer Fudd? No. No. <laughs> that's a dude. That's, that's a, a dude. That's, that's a, a human. human. <laughs> <laughs> as much as a cartoon human could be a human. Um, it's not Porky the Pig, is it? Is I think name? it might be. Is it? <laughs> it's been a minute since I've watched the, the Looney Tunes, but he's like, he like stutters and he then he, uh, he like uses a different word instead of the word that he's like trying to say. <laughs> that's like my everyday life occurrence. Like I'm, I'll try to use a word, but then, or like I'll, try to use words i don't know i have like a tiered system this is like far too complex but like the tiered system of words i'll use um 
like this is the first tier where I'm like 90% sure I know what it means and I'll use it pretty confidently in a, in a sentence. And there's like a second tier where I'm like maybe 50% sure I know what it means and like really don't know the perfect like context to use it in. But I'm like, I'm going to use it anyway. I don't think people are going to mind too much if I get it really wrong. Definitely like create some interesting situations. And there's the third tier where I'm like, I'm not even sure this word is a real word, like kerfluffled, and I'll use it anyway. Like I was feeling really kerfluffled yesterday, <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's the tiered system. So anyway, that's that's uh, talking. Talking's a hard thing to do sometimes. It is. It is. I appreciate icebreakers because like the whole beginning of the podcast seems a bit orga- uh, unorganic. Of like, hey, welcome to this podcast. This conversation. With Bobby and I, and the, <laughs> then the icebreakers could uh, be like, you know, it is just Bobby and I talking about <laughs> Sherman rap and uh, Porky the Pig and Elmer Fudd <laughs> in words. And it's good. It is very good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you've, I always see you wearing a JP2 shirt in, in youth ministry. Um, and I've heard a lot about just, um, your devotion to him, especially in the in the career you have, um, it seems like he's really really shaped um, the way you view people in life um, in a beautiful way. Um, just his teaching and and how the Lord created us um, and why He created us. Um, so, like, what what led to that that devotion to JP two? Yeah, that's a uh, yeah. JP two definitely has played a big role. I. I'm not like super well read into him as like, as like the, you know, some people have read every single thing he's, he's done, but uh, being in the Catholic psych program, I've definitely been able to read a lot more of him. And, and like my, one of my, one of the guys or the doctor, I guess not one of the guys, one of the doctor who like put the program together for the Catholic psych Institute was really inspired by JP two as well. And he's like, it's really hard to read JP two, like from JP two's own words. Cause he's, he got this very philosophic and tech technical way of writing that it's like you're reading it and you get through a page and you're like, what the heck did I just read? Like, <laughs> I know there's a lot of good truth and beauty in there, but I don't know what I just read. Um, so I'm learning more. I think there's always going to be more to study about JP2's philosophy because uh, he's just a brilliant mind. Um, but the first time I encountered him was actually... Um, yeah, my mom got a movie called Carol, the Man Who Became Pope, which was, um, so Carol Otiva was JP2's name before he became Pope. And she got that movie as a way just to introduce us to, you know, who this Pope was. And so we sat down and watched it. And it was a pretty good dramatized, like, account of John Paul II's life. Um, so he grew up in Poland. Um, 1920 was when he, when he was born. And when... Um, he was 20 he'd lost um his mother and his sister um already his sister was poor was um lost her i think his mom and dad had like a miscarriage and that was would have been his older sister and then his older brother was born and then john paul ii was born um in 1920 and so um the movie picks up there when he's 20 and this is right when world war ii is breaking out and um, Germany's invading Poland 
And so the first thing you see in the movie is like uh, air brigade going over, like German blitzkrieg, like coming flying over, and like the church bells ringing, like the Germans are coming, the Germans are coming, and and John Paul II now uh, at then like Karotiva is like running up to help ring the bells to make sure everyone knows like to get out of the city or to take cover, and um, so as like a twelve year old boy like being introduced to this movie. I'm like, yes, war, like, this is fascinating <laughs> stuff. Um, a lot more exciting than CCD class, right? <laughs> Being introduced to John Paul II this way. Um, but it really just paints this picture of, like, the greatness that he lived his life. It was um, a life of loss because, like, shortly after World War II started, he lost his dad and his brother. Um, so, like, by the time he was in his mid-20s or earlier than that, he'd lost all of his close family members like God. Um, but then you hear now, like he was such a man of love, such a man of self gift. Like, I think like that lost loss really like started to stir questions in him. And he encountered John of the cross through a mentor, um, which is yeah a great saint in the writings that John of the cross was able to, to talk about from a Carmelite spirituality, but really like, taking John Paul II, taking care of Wativa's, like, sense of loss. Like, no, like, just because you lost everything doesn't mean, like, your life's gone. Your life's just beginning. Like, there's so much that can come from uh, the suffering that the Lord allows us to experience. And and it goes from Carol Wativa to, to his time as Pope, this movie does, and, and it just shows, like, step by step. And, like, each way it just makes looking, makes priesthood look, like, so awesome. He's a man of the people. He's he's living his life for others, and um, yeah, as a twelve year old, I was just very drawn to this like heroic priest, pope, bishop. Like what he was doing was very inspiring, and and like I was like, I'm gonna become a priest. Like this is what I'm gonna do with my life. I'm gonna be just like John Paul II, and um. Spoiler, he's not a priest. He, he's he's a married man. <laughs> I am not a priest, yes. <laughs> this is a good spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, John Paul II, living his life as a priest, inspiring me, but I'm not a priest. I'm a married man. Um, in large part to John Paul II as well. Like his, The next thing I encountered from him when I was probably about 14, 15, going into high school, was Christopher West's book, The Theology of Body for Beginners. And that just explained a lot of life to me, like why my body is the way that it is as a man. Um, and really like as a 14, 15 year old man, like boy becoming a man, um, you know, flooded with all this testosterone and, and puberty, like <laughs> it's a heck of a time, right? Like <laughs> being a 14 year old boy. Um, but then be told like that sex is good our bodies are good. Like they actually point us to reality that like God created with very, like very sincere purpose. Like we are made for other people. That's why our bodies are the way they are. You know, we're made for another. That's the only, or it's the only like system in our bodies, the reproductive system that isn't complete. (laughs) Like it means another person to be complete. And then when a reproduction system becomes complete, boom baby right like (laughs) that's that's what it does um and like god designed us that way and like reading this as a 14 or 15 year old person um 
and just explaining like this this reality of my body the reality of the good of sex the good of uh relationship man and woman like boom like changed my life um and i'm like i want more i need to figure out more about this this bishop or this pope and like more about his philosophy and my life's kind of trended since then and right now i'm in a program that's studying his philosophy which is fantastic but um from there just reading more his call to magnanimity too so like that call to greatness for for anyone like me that doesn't know what that word means yeah what, what does that mean <laughs> magnanimity yeah yeah just like the sense of like living your life with direction and purpose like but like drawn to greatness is what magnum magnanimous means that's like who john paul ii was magnanimous man it's a good word it is it is so good <laughs> um it really speaks to john paul ii as a man and that's what first caught me was like the movie but then every encounter he had with the person he so deeply lived out the philosophy he he endorsed this philosophy that he helped create of like encountering the other when he encountered people he was encountering them you know there's videos out there of him encountering like little kids and like you know he was the pope that kissed babies right like he encountered the other so intimately honoring that person that instant that unique instance of an image of god that was before him um he did that so well and but not only that, but he also like spoke to this desire that we have in our hearts of like doing something with our lives. Like we're we're created as unique individuals, but created with like a purpose in mind. That like God has a grand plan for us, like that we are created to be in glory with him, like as sons, as heirs, as daughters of the Heavenly Father. Um, and just the grandioseness of like, like we all have those dreams as little kids, right? I want to be the first NFL player slash basketball player slash NHL player in space, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's the goal. That's the dream. Um, and John Paul II's like that desire to do something great with your lives is a good thing. And like, you have the power, like Christ has the power and capability to make that reality possible. And I'm like, okay, sign me up. Like, <laughs> this sounds good. <laughs> this is this is what I'm after. This is what I want. And uh, so John Paul II, everything uh, he speaks towards is like, you have purpose, you have meaning in your life. Um, and like he helps his philosophy. Encountering his work has helped me really see like why that, how that's possible. It's beautiful. I, I can relate. Every book every everything i've read in relation to jp2 has been books that other people wrote about jp2's yeah. writings <laughs> yeah yeah I, I haven't read a single one of his books because someone told me it was very very hard to comprehend he was a very intelligent man um yeah. beyond m most of normal writings so the way he wrote was 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 so intricate it was it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you need and, your thesaurus, your dictionary, your Bible, yeah. like the catechism all out, like what you're trying to work through this stuff. It's, it's amazing that so many people have written books about his writings that are simplified yeah. so that people can understand 
the the truths and, and the the beauty of um, how God created us and, and all the goodness of, of our lives that that JP two shared in so many different ways. Um, yeah. With the family, with um, just individuals, and just how God created us and and our identity and our uniqueness, like you said. Um, yeah, and that's really what like so like picking up on the book we we talked about or we read uh, John Paul II's or sorry um, the personalism of John Paul II by John Crosby uh, is a great little tidbit or a great little book about um, John Paul II's philosophy. Still pretty technical, like in its language. Um, so probably not like the place to start per se with John Paul II. You know, you probably want to pick up like Tob. Uh, theology of the body for beginners or men women and the mystery of love those those mm-hmm. re those are very relatable books um yeah. and like yeah they pose a lot of challenging but good questions but but crosby's book gives like a very overarching view of like it's not just about like theo theology of the body and like the way sex reveals god's nature to us um but it's about like why how did John Paul II get there? Like what, what, what was the whole makeup of like his idea of what makes a person a person? So, and it's like kind of what we want to break, break into like is some key points from that book. Um, and like one of them is like an overlapping point with, um, your love's mission, like dignity, the identity, is it the identity is dignity. One of the, uh, key. Yes. Identity it's, it's one of the, the the main things that the Lord's put on my heart that that message speaks into is our identity and dignity. Yeah. Okay. So so like when we look at it, dignity, John Paul II talks about um, this thing called the personalistic norm, which is a big term. But like what he's saying there is that what what makes a person a person, and the first thing he does is breaks down like that. Okay. So like persons are not animals. Like what makes persons different from animals? Um, and that's like when it comes into like our, our interior life, interior life, we have the ability to choose, right? Um, like you ask one of your dogs, Stella or Aslan, right? (laughs) (laughs) To, to, it'd be good if you fasted this Lent from, from dog food (laughs) and like went on a low carb diet or something, (laughs) uh, you know, like, but he set a bowl of like food out there for them. Like they can't, they can't choose to fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to devour it. <laughs> like that's what's, that's what's going to happen. Um, but as humans, like we can choose to make sacrifices. Like there is something very different about us. I know, I know that's something that, um, yeah, that stood out to you from the book when we were talking about beforehand, but like, um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like the the difference between us and animals. Yeah, I think just like that interior life. It's it's something that until I came into the faith, I never even acknowledged. I everything was just like life, like mm-hmm. brokenness, um um desire, temptation, um good, bad everything was just like it was all meshed together into this like confusion yeah you know and like we have this interior life of like being able to um 
we have emotions, right? We have emotions. We have, we have this ability to discern, mm. right? We can choose good or bad, right? And, and our actions in, that we choose interiorly, the way we, we process things and the way um, that whether it's our, our desire for um, to serve God or our desire to serve someone else, those desires we can like discern whether they're good or not. Yeah. The, the, some desires that we have that are like self-seeking or desires for pleasure or something, they can be destructive to our lives. Yeah. Right. And we have the, the intellect and the, the free will, the opportunity to choose yeah. what, what we do. Um, and like animals, they just, they just act right. <laughs> Like they see something, they go at it, right? That, that we have, it's, it's different with us. Um, there's an opportunity to unite ourselves with the Lord and choosing love over everything else that the world tries to throw at us, right? If we didn't have an interior life, like look at the world, look how like... Mm, look at all the crazy stuff going on. You know, if we were just led by all of that, we, all of us would be nuts <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. and we'd be a mess and everything would be just like chaos. Right. But like, there are people that choose to do good in the world and like that affects the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's not like in a it, vacuum. <laughs> it talked in the book about how when we choose to do good, it one it affects ourselves it affects our own hearts and souls but but also it affects people around us it and it affects the whole world in a way and the same thing goes with with sin and evil that even if like we think it talked about in the book even if we think like there's something that we do that is maybe personal right we do this evil or this that we there's this sin that we commit that's personal or um, just just us doing it. It's not affecting anybody. It affects other people. Yeah. Um, everything we do affects other people because um, yeah. we're we're not alone in this world. Yeah. And yeah. so like like for instance like like pornography, like that is it seems like this private sin, right? That that no one will ever see, but that changes the way we view other people. It changes the way we approach relationships, the way we approach sex. And if we in, indulge in that, it's going to change our perspective in, in how we, like for as men, it's going to change the pers- our perspective of women. We, we would look at them, um, we'd be more tempted and easily, um, we would more easily look at them as objects, yeah. right, for our pleasure, rather than like see their dignity mm. as um, daughters of God, right? right. And so like um, just we have this interior life to, to make these choices. Yeah. And it's really beautiful and it's such a gift. Mm. You know, we, we have this opportunity to, to, like you said, live this great life. Every single one of us is a unique face of Christ. Mm. Every single one of us has this unique purpose. And as JP2 talks about a lot, it's just like we're unrepeatable. Yeah. Every single one of us is unrepeatable. Yeah. And that unrepeatable is, it's so, it's so good. It's like, Yeah each of us has the ability to reveal something unique about God. We're all created in this unique instance of the image of God. And, um, but like going back to that interiority for just a second, like that is what gives us 
such a such it gives us dignity really like like we all have this interior life we all have the ability to choose in this freedom and i really think your yeah your example of pornography is on point because it's like when we start to strip people away from a freedom like their freedom a, a single person and their ability to make a choice then we're doing injustice we're doing harm when we just treat somebody as a tool that we're taking away like their ability to act as a free human being and anytime that happens and this is what like jp2 lays out with the personalistic norm like we cannot treat people as a means to an end so like anytime we treat people as a means to an end that's not that's not properly ordered that's like treating them towards toward treating them if we just treat them as a means to end i should say then we're treating them as something that's less than human we're treating them as an object um and he's like the only proper and good response to humans is love that's it's such a good thing like humans each human created with that unique dignity with that unique unrepeatability like deserves love and sadly they don't get it a lot of times like sadly like humans go without that without knowing that they were created for love they're created by love for love to love right like Mm -hmm. that's that's what it all comes back to with this understanding the uniqueness and dignity of each person so um but yeah the unrepeatability piece is like something that's really cool um that he talks about what um yeah how's that how have you seen that in your life yeah um that's a great question (laughs) you know the first thing that comes to mind is so back in when i was i was probably like 16 i got diagnosed with adhd and I like noticed today my brain's a little funny, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife, Kaylin, she she told me a while back that God created your brain and it's good mm. and it's unique. And there's a lot of things that your brain can do that a lot of other people can't do. Yeah. And the way your brain was created, it's not like a it's not a bad thing, right? Like the world looks at like ADHD or like whatever, whatever sort of like differences mentally that people have as like this bad thing. Right. But it says in scripture, like we're beautifully made. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so like he created my brain to be able to do what I'm called to do. Right. And so like I, I get a little bouncy sometimes, but like <laughs> I'm I've noticed like it's not always a bad thing. It's important for me in the in the beginning of my day to ask the Lord what he's calling me to focus on for the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like there's a lot of times when I can I can multitask. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I probably I, I, can, I can't see myself like God sees me, but there's the way he created my brain is good. And there's a lot of other things like even people that that have been diagnosed with autism or whatever it may be that's out there like god created us good yeah you know and unrepeatable and with a very specific purpose for good and for greatness and regardless of how 
someone was created. There's a guy actually uh, I met at, at the Chapport Wright State, and he he has autism. And I, I met him for coffee one day, and we just talked. And he's like, he's like, I think it's my superpower. It's <laughs> <was like>, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> it, it was. It brought me so much joy to hear him say that because like he was looking at the goodness in how the Lord yeah. created him. Amen. You know, That's awesome. it, it's. It's, it's, the world tells us so many things about us are bad, right? Yeah. Um, it, and a thing it talked about in that book, like the world tries to strip us of our uniqueness. Mm. What, what was the word it, it used? De- degradation, the degradation yeah. of the uniqueness of the person. Yeah. The greatest crisis that we're facing is the degradation of the uniqueness of each person. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's like a serious, a serious crisis of like, um, trying to paint at the same face across everyone. Like everyone gets to look the same way. It gets to the, be the same exact person. There is like, and it's weird. Cause like, there's also like this movement in society of like, be yourself, be who you're, you know, your own person. I don't know what the, but it's, it's in, it's in a weird backwards way where, you know, social media influences in a lot of ways that, you know, being yourself is like choosing the right this or that to be a part of i'm not i don't have like a strong example to give but it's like a choosing of an identity you're like adapting to yourself right like oh this i resonate with this identity that i've like been influenced by this person so then i'm going to choose that thing you know whatever the case may be conservative Politics is an easy example, right? I'm going to be a conservative person because I resonate with that, so I'm conservative Republican or something to that effect. Um, but really, like, identity is like something that's within us already. Like We're created with identity. We're created as a son or daughter of God. And um, so like the crisis there of the uniqueness is like when we start to limit ourselves with those labels that we're finding exterior from ourselves it limits the vast uniqueness that is within ourselves right like like the lord created us as a very particular instance and as soon as we start to try to put ourselves in this box of other labels coming from outside of ourselves then then there's this crisis of like okay we're all and it creates really this pull like we see this polarization in society because like everyone's kind of lumping themselves one way or the other and it's like you know it's not as simple as i'm on the right side or i'm on the left side it's like no like i'm a very unique person <laughs> with my own <laughs> you know unique take on everything right like i see the world differently than anyone else sees the world mm-hmm. um on my own subject so i don't know yeah and yeah though yeah the whole like it is a crisis that we don't see the the unique person before us, the subject. Rather, we just get lumped into to large groups of ideation and um, whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uniqueness is good stuff. I think the last thing that I don't know. But did you have anything else? I don't. Even, I kind of cut you off there, but yeah, it, it just no, no. Yeah, <laughs> the the last thing that um. I'm drawn to is like this grand idea of like purpose being called to purpose. Um, and that's where John Paul II really gets into this idea of self gift. 
and um, he says this line, actually, actually a line from Vatican II, but it's one of his favorite, that man can only find himself in becoming a sincere gift of himself to others. Becoming a sincere gift to others is the only way that man can find himself. And, um, you know, that resonated with me the first time I heard it because it was like, I've like given myself to different things. You know, I was into sports, football, you know, their team that I played on was a really good team, making it a state every year. And I gave a lot of myself to that. And there, there was a lot of purpose felt in those, those teams that I was a part of. Like, I felt like I was a part of this team and I'm going to give my whole effort and, and we, we did well. And like, so there was a lot of purpose felt in that moment, but the highest good isn't football, despite what some people might think. (laughs) Um, the highest good is, is God and in like giving ourselves to God. That's the grand purpose. Um, that's what this is all about is like, how do we fall more deeply in love with God and this idea of giving ourselves to him, um, as he gives himself to us like that, that's where the most purpose, that's where the most fulfillment comes. So anyway, that was like something that I kind of want to end on, but like, yeah, what, how have you experienced like this? Like I said, you said that was like something that caught your attention as well, or like reading through the book, like this idea of becoming a self gift. What does that look like for you becoming a self gift? Yeah, I think our whole purpose here, every single one of us is to love God and love neighbor. Those are the greatest commandments and everything else that is good comes from pursuing those two things. Yeah. And, um, that's what's fulfilling to our hearts. There's there's nothing else in the world that's fulfilling to our hearts. No matter how hard we try to grasp for what we think we'd like or what we think would be fulfilling, not nothing. Nothing will fulfill us like like those two things will. And I like you said, man finds himself in a sincere gift of himself. Um, the times that I go places with the intention to be a vessel of love to people, to to love them, to will their good, to help them. Um, those are the times when I have the most joy. And honestly, those are the times usually where the Lord actually works in my own heart the most. You know, like I, I go to the, the shelters every week, the homeless shelters. Yeah. And a lot of the time the Lord speaks to me through mm. these people that are living in poverty. And I'm going with the intention to love them, right? And to, to share the Lord's love with them. But a lot of the time, like, there's this beautiful peace that I receive that I, I, it's, it's encountering Jesus. Yeah. And like those, those people that I visit, they're, they're a unique face of Christ. Right. So it makes sense that I'm encountering Jesus when I go to these places and even like, not just the poor, there's, there's other places where I've went with the intention to just love people, you know? And, um, that's what brings joy. When we, I used to tell people all the time, this was even before I came Catholic. I, for some reason I, I was, I, maybe I was given this, this little gift of wisdom, right? But I, I used sure. to tell people that that anxiety stemmed from a focus on self yeah. because it's, it's usually a fear of what other people think, you know? And um, I think a lot of our, our issues that we face come from a focus on self. 
And when we, we come out of ourselves, we stop like focusing on ourselves and focusing on gifting ourselves mm, to others. Yeah. That's when we become alive because there's purpose in that. Yeah. There's not purpose in focusing on self. It's, it's selfish. It usually leads to destructive behavior. It usually leads to us grasping for the wrong things as Eve did in the very beginning of time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the same pattern repeated over and over again. Yeah. And I think that that self gift, um, it's, it's where joy is at. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to give ourselves fully, um, to another is like what we're ultimately created for. And, each time we're able to to do that, even yeah, I love the example of being a gift to those that you encounter at the homeless shelter, and just seeing how much life comes that from from that from you. Like JP, two words coming alive. Like man fully finds himself in becoming a self gift, and and it's not the fullest form of self gift, but it definitely is like this. Okay, I'm gonna give myself to these people, and like the the return, the reciprocation, like what you receive in it is so rich and like the fullness of that is like you know the closest thing we got to it on earth is is marriage you know giving ourselves to our spouses um fully and totally and exclusively to our spouses and like the fullness of that is like so every little instance of self-gift be it at the homeless shelter be it to our spouses be it to a football team <laughs> like they're all like these instances that are pointing us to ultimately the relationship and intimacy that the Lord's calling us into is like that we are made for him and that he wants to give himself fully to us. And that's like where we look at Calvary and the last supper. Like I'm, I'm laying myself down for you. I'm giving myself to you because uh, our call is to reciprocate that, to give ourselves totally back to him in self-gift and it's it's also like it's rich it's it's <laughs> like that's why there's so much that jp2 writ, writ, wrote on that like this breaking this open and being able to talk about it here and now is like a blessing like because like, this wasn't something that was a commonplace topic of teaching like to talk about but being able to break it down and talk about how we seeing it in our lives and like why it makes sense it makes sense like mm -hmm. to give ourselves like there is a fullness in it when we live selfishly and we live for ourselves, there's an emptiness there. Mm. There's something that's off. There's something that this doesn't match up to what we're created for. Mm -hmm. like you don't have to be Catholic or Christian to see that. The world uh, promises emptiness if you're just going to live for yourself. But like when you start to choose to live for something greater than yourself, something outside of yourself you start to realize I'm made for something more. I'm made for something else. I'm made for relationship. And like, that's why the Lord created us. He created us out of love to share a relationship with him. And it's also good, man. It's, it's like, <laughs> I could sit here for hours, like just talking about like how, how I've encountered it and how like just learning more about it. it my eyes are more open each and every day. And it's, it's so good. It's so good. But I think we do want to we do want to wrap it up there. I don't think we want to keep things going too long, uh, but we do we do thank everyone for jumping in and, and uh, joining us for this episode. I, I think, um, yeah, we're just I can speak for Bobby a little bit, but like we're just so thankful that you're you're listening and that you're here with us in this conversation. And we'd love for you to to like, follow, share this um, on whatever platform you're encountering it. And um, yeah, we hope that it's a blessing for you. That we'll we'll be praying for you. We ask that you pray for us. Bobby, do you want to tell them a little bit more about You Are Loved? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you want to get involved and just be on mission in your own lives in a very simple way, um, you are loved. It's, it's, it's literally three words. <laughs> it, it's very simple, but it, it's a mustard seed that, that, that you never know how it's going to grow in people's hearts. You never know who you'll encounter that, that really needed that message. Um, and if you want to be a part of spreading that message, you can go to youarelovedmission.com. There's t-shirts, there's cards, there's um, just different ways that, that you can go out and just be a vessel of the Lord's love everywhere you go. Because um, we all need it. I, I need that message. Um, Nick needs that message. Everybody needs that message. Um, it's the heart of the gospel. It's, it's like we said before, what's fulfilling to our hearts is knowing that we're loved and then going out and loving others. And yeah, if you want to be a part of, of this mission in particular in any way, if you feel called to, um, feel free to visit the site. There'll be also just different ways to see what we're doing with the mission on there. Um, and also I, I encourage you to just look for little ways in your own life to love those around you. Um, whether it's just simple kindness, patience, mercy, I just encourage you to to live out that call to greatness, to, to love one another. Because um, it's powerful and it changes lives and you're, you're invited into that and you were made for that. And yeah, just thank you for listening. Um, thank you, Nick, for being my friend and for, <laughs> for doing this podcast um, and just talking about um, just different ways the Lord loves us. It's This is wonderful. And yeah, God bless you all. God bless.